0: natural power imparted to you. When the elders got around you and prayed for you, there was an anointing. Listen, you're going through a lot, but there's an anointing on your life. Let me remind you, you've got the Spirit of Almighty God on the inside of you. So I'm giving you a lot of instructions. I'm, I'm giving you some things you're going to have to relay to the church, but also on our, just a gentle reminder, Timothy, don't forget, you've got a gift inside of you. So yeah, use it. So then Paul... Uh, is literally on his deathbed. He is like getting ready to meet Jesus face to face. He's going to be executed. He's in a prison. And all of a sudden, he starts writing his last will and testament, his second letter to Timothy. And you got to think about it. Like, Paul is going, okay, my famous last words, what are they going to be? Paul doesn't wait till like the middle of his second letter to Timothy to like really dive in he actually just goes right after it so in 2 Timothy chapter 1 it's like maybe 6 7 8 9 somewhere around there he goes Timothy i, I want to remind you of your family's legacy he goes your grandma whose faith was so rich your mom whose faith was so rich and you and then he says this it's not time for me to give you a gentle reminder because I heard some feedback from my last letter when you replied and you didn't get the hint. So Timothy, I've got to share something with you. He says, Oh, it's the camera trying to follow me and I'm walking around? Sorry. <laughs> you're like, okay. <laughs> uh, Timothy says that uh, Paul says this to Timothy. He says, you're gonna actually have to stir up that gift. You're going to have to, there's going to be times in your life when the preacher isn't going to preach the sermon you want to hear, when the worship team doesn't uh, sing your favorite song but you're going to have to take it into your own hands, and you're going to have to actually fan into flame that gift of God that was given to you. You're going to have to stir it up yourself. You're going to actually have to go, I am not going to lose this battle. I, I may be sitting in one of the hardest seasons of my life, but I am going to fan into flame the gift of God, the anointing that's on my life, and I am not going to let this thing die out. I am going to fervor my spiritual life. If I am the only one that's going to do it, I'll do it so Paul says let me share the secret of my strength how I have been through I've been beaten I've been left for dead I have been shipwrecked I have been without clothes and food all these trials and people are like what is on your life Paul let me tell you my secret Timothy I've actually had to stir up this gift several times by myself when nobody else is around so he's imparting something to him and then he says this because what I heard from you Timothy was a bunch of fear. What I heard from you was a bunch of intimidation when you replied to me. Let me tell you, when you stir up that gift, it breaks the power of fear. It releases power for the Lord, it releases love, and it gives you a sound mind. That anointing that is in you, that is the secret to how you keep moving forward in stressful seasons. How you keep pressing ahead is you've got to stir up that gift. You've got to fan it into flame. No more gentle reminders, Timothy. Where I'm about to go, I I wish you will be with me I know you'll see me soon one day but while you're here on this earth while you still have breath it's time to fan that thing into flame will you just lift your hands real quick so father I just pray for the wind of God to fill and blow right now in Jesus name for those that are watching online for for pastor Don and Sue as they're on the coast I pray for the wind of God the, uh, Hurricane Hillary got nothing on the wind of God that's coming to California. So we just blow right now. and We just pray, Holy Spirit, blow again like you did on the day of Pentecost when everybody was surprised. They were waiting for a person, but then a wind showed up. I pray for the wind of God to come again in Jesus' name, that it would fan into flame the gift that's inside of every one of these believers, and it would produce power. It would break off the spirit of fear and intimidation it would re- give them a sound mind so that they can hear clearly what the Spirit is saying right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Yes, we break the power of, of what fear has a hold of this generation over the next generation and the current. We say no to fear now in Jesus' name. And we, we want the power of the Holy Spirit alive flowing in us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hunger, spiritual hunger is so important. Um, have you ever been to a rock concert? And, uh, well, no, I've never been one. Um, Christian rock, maybe. <laughs> uh, you ever been at a concert and, you know, the band leaves the stage? And then what happens is it starts with one person right? One person just, encore, encore, encore. And everybody's looking around like, dude, they played for two hours. Let the guys, let them rest. And he's like, no, encore. And you know, they got the shirt, they got the face paint, you know, they are just full blown, just super fans. And they're like, encore. I drove eight hours to be here, you know, encore. Give me more. You know what happens because of that one person's person's hunger and appetite for more? It just sends a shockwave through the audience, right? Then all of a sudden somebody else catches it and another person and the next thing you know, in unison, encore, we want more, we're not satisfied, give us more. And then all of a sudden the band leaves their green room. They have the you know, blue M&Ms, they're popping them in their mouth really quick, running out into the stage and then they start playing the hits and everybody goes wild. But they didn't have that planned. But somebody moved everything. Somebody, Someone's hunger and appetite changed the direction of that whole arena. That's why spiritual hunger is so important right now in this hour. And if you don't have a spiritual appetite this is what Proverbs says. Proverbs 18.15 says, in a, the message version, says, Wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insights. Another translation says, The spiritually hungry are always ready to learn more, for their hearts are eager to discover new truths trouble comes when we have no desire to seek the Lord. Trouble comes, the enemy knows, oh, they're not hungry anymore. I've got an opportunity. What did he do to to Jesus? (laughs) Jesus is actually starving for real food and Satan shows up. He's like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you, uh, I see some rocks right there kind of looks like french bread, you know, the kind you get from raleys that's always piping hot and smells and you walk in you're like, uh, I don't know what I I'm here. I'm here for milk and eggs, but now I want bread." Um, <laughs> Satan's like, "Hey, see those long loaf-looking rocks? Why don't you just turn them into a nice little loaf, Jesus?" "I know what you're do with that bread one day, you'll break it in communion, but why don't you just eat it right now?" And then Jesus shares one of the most powerful statements That was echoing from Deuteronomy. He says, man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Another translation says, every revelation that continually flows from his mouth. There's a, our spiritual appetites. If we are not craving God, it is an opportunity for the enemy to come in. So what ends up happening is you have an appointment every single day. You ever heard of a divine appointment, right? You know. Okay, my uh, my mom and dad are here. Mom and dad, will you wave right there? These are my parents, real parents. And uh, every single day that I can remember, uh, my mom would always be in her recliner with her Bible, notepads, journal, and spending time with the Lord and and writing, just. You know, it's almost like Dear Diary, but it's like Dear Jesus, (laughs) I love you so much. And then there's my dad at the oak table in the kitchen with his yellow pad of paper. I don't know if anybody can find yellow pads because my dad's probably bought them all. But there's just yellow pads of paper, his Bible, and maybe Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. So, um, but that has been their consistent rhythm ever since I was a child and still is to this day. I can... I can show up to the house early morning, pop in, without fail, they're never, oh, Jared's here, uh, grab the Bible, look busy, look like you're sir. No, without fail, they're, they're there, that's, that's their routine. Their appetites have not changed over the years because they know where spiritually they go to get fed. And I remember uh, we were at a worship concert at a local church And a guest worship leader was there. And then afterwards, my mom was talking to me, and it was like talking to a teenage girl that just had her favorite band play that knew all the hits. She's like, oh, man, that was so good. Oh, my heart was so full. Oh, I, I watch this guy, and he leads in a prayer room, and I stream it, and people are always asking me, like, man, I just can't find anything good. And I'm like, well, let me send you this guy. This guy's got the anointing of God on his life. And, man, it's tr-. And I'm like, Mom, you are, like, in your 60s so hungry for the Lord. This is amazing. This is just awesome. Yeah, you can clap. That's a good thing. So I want to encourage you, every day you have a divine appointment at the table of the Lord. You have an appointment with the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So if you're waiting for a divine appointment, let me tell you, you've got one every single day. They're waiting for you. They're ready to deposit fresh revelation. As you open up the word of God, all of a sudden, the Father's going to speak to you and say, do you see Jesus in and throughout the Word you're reading? And then Jesus is saying, do you see the spirit, how he was there in the beginning, hovering over the water? Do you see the spirit that was, that was guiding by a pillar of fire and a cloud by day do you see him through the old testament and then in the new testament now living inside of these humans and the spirit is like don't you love the father and the son we are one and they're all sitting there just pouring all of this like a feast it's like a thanksgiving feast every single day if you will position yourself and ready as you get ready to go to that table let me encourage you don't as you are heading there don't settle for the crumbs of someone else's conversation. Oh, wow. You know, I watch this pastor online, and that's where I get fed every single day. That's I, I have to listen to this every single day. Can I tell you, you weren't made to be fed off their conversation crumbs. You need to pull up a seat right at the table of the Lord because you belong there. Because you were born for that. He's got a reservation for you, so don't, don't postpone the reservation with the Trinity and say, "I've I got other things to do. You go find a seat at the table, and you will find everything that you're looking for, because that's where revelation, encounter and a refreshing pours into your life. Pray this prayer for me with me. Say, "Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins." And then you were resurrected from the dead. Jesus, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Baptize me now with the Holy Spirit and fire. Light a new hunger inside of me to fulfill my purpose on the earth. You desire to reveal all of your secrets to me. Now I pray, fan into flame. That desire again. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I love, I just love his presence. If you've ever gone through seasons where you can't feel his presence and the heavens feel like brass as they say, oh, there's nothing like it. Like you were born for his, you were born to be in his presence. When you were born again, it was, you were born and the Spirit of God filled you. And it was like you're a brand new baby again. The world changed, everything changed. And then you, you were, you're like, oh my gosh, you've been around baby Christians before. They're just so hungry, right? Just like a newborn, they're so hungry, they're craving. One of my friends um, that I, I met last year, he's a real estate agent and we met for coffee because he was going through a a storm in life. And uh, we ended up, like he gave his life to Jesus. Like, there at coffee. And I mean, just, it was totally like, I didn't expect any of this. But the spiritual hunger that uh, awakened in him, his name was Andrew. I gave him a Bible and all of a sudden, he started reading it and couldn't get enough. He has read, he read the book of Proverbs 1st, then he started in Matthew and he's almost through Revelation and he reads every single day texts me several times a week with the scripture that he read and just and he goes my I have notes and everything he's not been to a christian church ever in his life still trying to get him plugged into a church but for now I'm like hey you are really hungry for the lord this is amazing and there's this appetite that has just came alive in him and that that appetite comes alive the more you eat see in like in physic physically like if if you eat less the hungrier you get right and then in spiritually the more you eat the hungrier you get it's just like this insatiable desire for more of god and that's why it's so important why you join bible studies fellowship groups small groups come to teachings on during the midweek, all of that stirs up hunger inside of you because the enemy will always tell you there's something else that you need to be doing. Isn't that interesting? It's like every Sunday morning, you don't really need to go to church. You can just, you know, do this or do that or, or not. It's time to do spring cleaning. And you you have every excuse that comes never on a Saturday, but on a Sunday morning. Am I the only one that's ever had those issues? Okay. just want, I just want to check, make sure we're we're a Christian church here. All right. All know that we all need grace. Uh, one of my uh, one of my dear friends, Tim, is here. I got Tim to wave in the back. He's got a blue shirt. Hi, Tim. Uh, Tim has been one of those spiritually hungry people in my life that I have had the honor of of knowing for over a decade now. And Tim is always the guy that if, if I travel sometimes. Um, with a ministry I'm a part of, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and I'll say, hey, Tim, I'm I'm going to visit some staff. Can you come? And here's what I don't even have to tell Tim. Tim is just going to be just, oh, hey, everyone, my name's Tim. Oh, isn't God good? Let's pray. And they're like, what? Oh, I just met Tim, and he's ready to pray. Oh, yeah, we prayed for two hours on the drive here, okay? And so, like, Tim isn't trying to force that. It is simply an overflow of his connection with the Lord. So Tim showed up in the parking lot today. He got out of his car worshiping the Lord. Oh, singing a song. And I'm like, man, I'm over here like, you know, making sure my eyes are open and you're already worshiping. This is great. It's going to be a good Sunday. Find some Tims and put them in your life. Find some of those people that just, man, you know when you get around them, you're not feeling like you're not left with like a dull spirit or um, feeling like, man, I just feel so heavy now. You walk around going, man, I'm alive in Christ. The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is inside of me. Let's go pray for some sick people and watch them get healed. Let's go. There's a cry inside of all of us to fulfill God's purpose and plan for our life on the earth. And we can chase after the pleasures and comforts without, you know, without measure. That is just, that's what people do. It's, it's kind of like, okay, how do, I, how do I do all this stuff? But that will eventually fade away, and so will the temporary satisfaction. That's why you see the rich and famous sometimes get what you would be like. I would be so satisfied if I had what they had. All the money and the options and the opportunities, and they're like, why aren't they happy? It's because you can't satisfy the soul. Only God can satisfy the soul desire of your heart. Those things will never satisfy. You know, people give the, the rich young ruler story, you know, uh, sometimes without justice of like, well, God doesn't want you to have money. No, it was not even about that. It had everything to do about the condition of the rich young ruler's heart. He was a very righteous man. You know, he was like, I've a, Lord, I've done all these things. I've done all, fulfilled all these laws and obeyed them since I was a child. And Jesus, who can only peer into a man's heart, sees an area that wasn't fully surrendered. And he says, hey, I am so proud of all the things that you've done and you've kept the commandments. That's so great. But I see one area of your heart that's just not fully surrendered yet. He goes, why don't you just sell everything you have and come follow me? And what the man couldn't do was he couldn't trust Jesus for that. He could trust God for everything else in his life, but he couldn't trust him for that. And that is so important to know that when God starts to speak to you, he's always looking at your heart, the condition of your heart. He's looking inside. And so what he may ask you to do, he may not ask your neighbor to do. What he may ask so-and-so, and man, they sold everything and moved to, you know, be a missionary overseas. That's, yeah, and you're like, I could never do that. That's okay. God may ask you to do something else. God may ask you to like you know, fast for a couple days every single week. And that may seem ridiculous to other people, but to you, I mean, that's you laying down your life as a living sacrifice for him. That's why it's so important to make sure, number one, we're sitting at the table of the Lord. And then number two, our hearts are positioned and clean and clear. Um, I can remember when I started first, really, like, leaning into hearing the voice of God. And Jesus said this in John chapter 4. His disciples are speaking to him, talking about bread and food, and he's like, man, we're we going to get some bread to feed people. And Jesus is like, I've got food that you don't even know about. They're like, man, what does he got? He's got a couple fish in his back pocket. What do you got, Jesus? Tell us more. He's like, no, my food. My food is actually to do the will of the one who sent me. Like when God speaks to me, not only am I fulfilled that way, but when I'm obedient, whoo, man, oh, I get full. I get fulfilled when I'm obedient to the voice of God. And so spiritually, if, you're start, if, you're, if your spiritual senses start getting awakened, you will actually have desire. To be obedient, you'll actually wake up with anticipation. God, what are you gonna say today? Where are we gonna go? What what am I gonna say to a coworker, who, or a grandchild, or a, a neighbor, or what are you gonna do at the Bible study? What are you gonna do? You start waking up with the anticipation of hearing His voice. Jesus took uh, Peter, James, and John uh, up on a mountain, took them on a hike, and I could only imagine like in that mountain, they got to see Jesus in all of his glory just for an instant. All of a sudden, his face shined like the sun. His clothes were dazzling bright white, and Peter's like freaking out. He's like, whoa, what are we doing? Why is Moses and Elijah here? You want me to build a couple tents? I mean, come on. What is happening here? You know, it's just a powerful moment, and I was thinking to myself like, man, isn't that how I should be every day? I should wake up with anticipation of I hope the Lord asked me to go on a hike today. I've got my bags packed. I'm ready for some mountaintop experiences. I'm ready for some Moses and Elijah conversations, just like kind of eyeing, like, hey, tell me a little bit more. Like, I want to be there. Like, I want that kind of anticipation that I don't want to be on the sidelines. I don't want to be the disciples left behind, you know, over there bickering and complaining and fighting about other things. I want to be invited up on the mountain. And that only comes when you have intimacy with the Lord. Because he had, those three had closeness. Those three had the proximity of being a friend. And John actually says, I'm actually, John gave him the title, I'm the one that he actually loves. (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Yeah, Peter's going to build his church on you, but he loves me more. All right. I remember uh, when I was youth pastoring, Candice, Candice was at home. We had, I don't know what number child, but they were sick. And, uh, we were living, uh, I was pastoring in Elk Grove, and then we were living in Gal. And so, I remember uh, she goes, "Hey, can you go to the, go to the grocery store and get some soup, you know, for the baby or child?" And I'm like, "Oh, looking at the time, I'm like, okay. Well, I've got some pre-service prayer at 6 p.m. and then 6:15, you know, we start our little team meeting and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, you know, it's 5:15. I'm like, okay." And I get into my car, I'm like, okay, it's 515. Get to the store, in and out, drop it off. Don't even like just throw it at the door as I'm going like a newspaper paper boy, you know, whoosh, you know, and then like get in my car and I'll make it back in time because I've got to do the Lord's work. And um, forget about my family. I'm doing the Lord's work, you know. And so I get to get into my car and as soon as I turn it on, all of a sudden, I see the gaslight. Oh, have you ever gambled with the gaslight before? And you start thinking to yourself, can I actually, I'm like, how long has this been on? And, you know, you start calculating, like, how big is this reserve tank on my Kia? You know, and I'm like, oh, and I'm starting to calculate everything. And I'm like, oh, man, that would be the worst is if I run out of gas. I'd be so embarrassed. I would actually call my wife, only my wife to come and relieve me. And She's got a sick baby. That will not be good for my marriage. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to get you know a half a gallon. You know, I'll just squirt it in, you know, watch that dial go to 250 and boom, put it back in. So I go to the gas station AM PM and I start pumping gas and then um there's a guy on the other side of the of the gas pump next to me and he he looks over at me. He's like, "Hey brother, those are cool shoes." And I'm like, "Uh, thanks." You know, no time to talk. Got to get the soup and be back for pre-service prayer. So he goes, yeah, I like those shoes because they're flat bottom. Uh, They don't have an arch. And uh, I'm like, oh, I got them at uh, H&M. You can find them online. Yeah, thanks, man. You know, they're like, they're like 10 bucks or something, you know. Got a lot of kids, and I got one sick. Gotta go. And uh, so pumping gas, I'm looking. I'm like, gosh, go faster, you know. And the guy says, hey, I uh, just want to let you know, the reason I, said that about your shoes, is that um, I have to wear flat shoes because I don't have an arch in my feet, so when I wear arch shoes, they give me massive migraines, and I'm like, oh, oh, that's tough, buddy. All right, so (laughs) (laughs) see you later. (laughs) You know, I'll pray on my way to the, you know, go get my soup, and so I get into my car. As I start to drive away, I look, and this is the grant line show, oh amp i'm like dear lord what is happening there's i can't even move it's traffic stopped and i'm like and the lord's like really you're just going to go and i set this appointment up for you this divine appointment you're going but lord i got stuff i got to go do your work you know so reverse get out of my car jump over the pump hey sir couldn't help but here that you have a little issue with your arch in the feet. I've seen God do many miracles before. Would it be okay if I prayed for you? Like 10 seconds prayer, really quick. I touch you and and I'll be on my way. And he's like, um, yeah, sure. So put my hand on him and uh, start praying for him. Like, Father, thanks for this man. I just pray that you would give him an arch in his feet so he could wear any shoes he wants. I command these headaches to go in Jesus' name. And I just thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Got to go. And all of a sudden, my arm stops. And he says, and uh, this guy looked like he could play for the Oakland Raiders. Big black guy, deep voice, sounds like T.D. Jakes. And he goes my turn to pray. And I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> and he's like, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for my brother right now, who was busy, but stopped and heard your voice. And not only did he pray for me, but he reminded me of the call of God that's on my life. And even though my daddy died of cancer and I've been running from you all these years, you still haven't forgotten me. So God, I pray right now, I will fulfill the call on my life. I will go back to church and I will be that preacher you're destined since the beginning of time. Father, bless this man. Bless his children. Bless his family. In Jesus' name, amen. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I felt about this big, okay? And I I go over and he's like, could you say hi to my wife and my kids? And I'm like, sure. And I look in through the car. I'm like, hi. And his wife's crying and he's got two little kids in the back. And He's like, here's my card. He goes, I was supposed to be the next pastor of my dad's church, but my dad got cancer and died, and so I've been running from God ever since. But that stopped today. I'm getting back into the church. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I I go get the soup, drop it off to my wife. I'm late to pre-service prayer, but who cares anyways, you know. we got leaders doing that. But let me tell you, when God starts to speak to you, it'll never be in your budgeted allotted time or your calendar he doesn't go by your calendar he's got a better system and if you will just be tuned to his voice from sitting at the table with him every single morning having your heart postured because you're so in love with him, having the anticipation, Lord, we're going to go on a hike together. We're going to go on an adventure together. This is what following Jesus is all about. When his followers followed him for three and a half years, there was never a dull moment. There was never like, ah, oh, Jesus, another sermon on the mountain, another walking on water, another like everyone that was healed in the city and everyone was demon possessed was set free. And, ah, oh, Jesus, again, it was an amazing adventure. It was exciting every single day. And that's the invitation that you have when you follow Christ. Sometimes we get, sometimes we just dole it down from just the world and the things and the responsibilities and the trials and the tests. And so when you are starting to feel spiritually dull and your appetite is going away and you're experiencing, like, why is my, I don't feel hungry for the Lord anymore. Like when I came in this room this morning, Oh, and I heard everyone shouting to the Lord. And my friend Tim was back there, a little fire starter. He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, there's some hungry people in the room. And it's going to be contagious. It's going to get the ones that are kind of feeling like, man, I used to be like that. I used to be, man, I used to. And all of a sudden, the tears of God just start manifesting when you get around hungry people. That's what we are. We are carriers of the presence of God, and there should be a difference in our lives. Amen. Um, wow, I've got part two of a sermon that I'm supposed to preach. Um, let's see if I even have time. I probably don't. Um, so this is a totally different sermon, and uh, I'll share this one last thing. Candace, you can come up. I think I've given them enough to chew on. And uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says this, I appeal to you, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, uh, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony or in unity with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be united in mind, thought, purpose, and judgment. Paul is addressing a church that he started in his third missionary journey. It was a powerful and important city. Revival was breaking out in like this prominent place. And when revival breaks out and the move of God begins to happen, I mean, there was just crazy stuff. They had all of this worship of of goddesses and and temples and everything. And some of that was creeping into the church and some of the sexual immorality wasn't being dealt with. So he's writing all of this stuff and he's like trying to remind them like, hey, we've got to be on the same team. We've got to be united. Something's out of alignment here. You've got some good stuff going on. Like you guys really are experiencing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit And there's all of these miracles breaking out. And there's tongues. There's people interpreting. And he's like, this is really cool. You've got some good stuff. But there's some things that are just a little bit out of alignment. And so he goes in to bring some loving correction. And I remember uh, when, before I was in ministry, I used to uh, frame houses. I used to do the, you know, two by four walls, the roof trusses, sheet, the plywood, uh, sheet the roofs with plywood and then go in and kind of make sure everything gets ready right before they dry roll and sheet or sheet rock the house and uh whenever I would you know carry plywood you know carry it like this and I remember one day I was I was at the gym and there was this chiropractor there and he looks at me he goes you're in construction and I'm like yeah you know probably tell us I'm tan you'll know, see my glass sunglasses line and stuff and he goes uh you probably uh, carry plywood like this, don't you? And I go, you stalking me, bro? I'm like, how do you know that? And he goes, oh, I can tell your whole frame's out of alignment because you've been carrying plywood. This shoulder's higher than this one. And I'm like, okay, dude, I don't know who you are, or where the hidden camera is, but I don't like this. And uh, he said, he goes, come see me. I will correct your posture. And he said this, he goes, when I do this, you will be stronger, you will be faster, and you'll have more endurance just by correcting and getting you back into alignment. When our hunger for God is at an all time high, it brings our whole life into alignment. It gives us exactly the, it gives us the ears to hear what the spirit is saying. It allows us to function properly, to run faster, to actually do what he's equipped us to do, to wake up every morning and not be excited to turn on the news or sports center or, or scroll through news, uh, uh, the, the news feed, but actually to get into the good news and to actually spend time like Ezekiel who saw visions of God and sat by the river Kbar, astonished for seven days, just like, what did I just see? That you were made to have wonder and excitement and astonishing times with the Lord, that he wants to awaken that inside of you. Will you stand with me right now? I, uh, my dad, when, oh, this is, this is probably 10 years ago, I, uh, I was living in Southern California Helping my, my brother-in-law started church, Candace's brother. And uh, he had a, found out that he went to the doctor. He was having trouble with his chest, chest pain. Goes to the doctor and they're like, hey, you know, you've got an artery clogged. They did some tests. Like, we got to get you in immediately. So I drove down from Southern California, got to the hospital. My brothers were there, I have three brothers and and uh, we're all sitting there in a waiting room and then, you know, we my mom comes out and says, Okay, he's he's okay, he's good. Doctors were able to put a stent in and clear the blocked artery and everything and he's like, Wow, this is great. And then I remember this conversation so vividly. My dad said this, he goes, Son, he's talking to me and my brothers at the house, I think the next day. He goes, man, I feel like I can finally breathe again. I had no idea I had been living like that for such a long time. Some of you, you're ready to start breathing again. Some of you have been living with a blockage for such a long time, and God wants to clear that out today. God wants to do some heart surgery today. God wants to awaken that hunger today. God wants to remind you, as Paul reminded Timothy, it's time to not just a gentle reminder, don't forget about the glit, the gift or the neglected gift, but it's actually time to stir up that gift, the anointing of God that he's given you right here, right now. If that's you, would you just lift your hands to the Lord right now? Father, look at all these hands. We're just saying we need it. We are ready. God, I pray for those hunger pains to come back like they did in the early days. I pray for every blockage right now in Jesus' name to be released. I command every lie that the enemy has been speaking over you over saying, well, this is just the way you are. This is because your mother was this way or your father was this way, so you just better not fight it. Let me tell you, you may have been born that way, but it's not God's desire for you to stay that way. And God has called you into his kingdom and you are his child now and you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. So I declare over you, you have the mind of Christ, that you are seated with him in heavenly places. And I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is stirring up the gift of Christ of the spirit inside of you for such a time as this. This is not the time to sit back and to complain about how dark the world is. This is the time to shine like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. This is the time where we are going to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit we've ever witnessed. This is the time when all the statisticians start scratching their heads saying, oh, we thought, we thought this was going to be the generation that only 4% served the Lord. Oh, why 40% serving the Lord? They just did a study in Barna and said that this next generation that's alive, my kids, they said all we can describe them as is spiritually open this hasn't been on the earth uh, except for during the jesus people movement the same spiritual openness was alive and well it's happening right now so what are we gonna do are we gonna live our lives with blockages are we gonna sit back and just let somebody else stir up the gift Or are we gonna Take authority and say, hey, I am going to get before the Lord every single morning. I am not going to cancel my appointment with the Trinity. I am going to get my appetite awakened. I want my heart to be free and clear. I want to be used by the Lord. Lord, my bags are packed. I hope you tap my shoulder today. I hope we get to climb the mountain of the Lord. I want to go on a hike with you. I want to go on a journey with you. I want to get stopped at a gas station. I'm ready. It's our time. No more listening. I'm turning off that news. I'm turning off all those like, oh, doomsday prophetic revelation. No, it's time for revival. It's what we've been praying into. It's what we've been seeding into. And we've got a generation that's primed. They're, they're, not, they're not sitting back in disappointment and disillusionment. They're just sitting there going, somebody show me who God really is. They're looking for their parents and their grandparents to step in and say, this is who God really is. You have a purpose. That's why you're alive on the earth right now. God could have put you at any other time, any other season, but he put you right here right now and saved you. And he put you in California. God's sleeping beauty is about to wake up. The golden state is going to shine again. Man, I feel amazing. When you go through the fire, you come out, and you're like, oh, I ain't messing around anymore. I ain't letting the devil steal any more time. I just feel a fresh anointing of God. If you want a touch from the Lord, will you just come forward this morning? Candace is going to sing this song, Lord, I give you my heart. And if you just need a fresh touch from the Lord, I want to pray for you today. So let's just... Uh,
1: give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take.
0: Mom, Dad, can you come help me pray too?
1: I Lord, I in me. Lord, I give you.
0: Come on, everybody, just worship the Lord. This is the encore of heaven right now. We're telling the Lord, hey, we're not done yet, Lord. We want more. We want more.
1: We I give you my soul
0: sermon. And he says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. And when your heart is pure and it's free and it's flowing, just like John, the Bible says, reclined on the chest of Jesus, he could hear the heartbeat of heaven. When that's free and it's flowing and it's clean, David said, create in me a clean heart David prayed in Psalms 139, he says, search me and try me, test me now, see if there's anything in this heart. When your heart is pure and your heart is clean, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. When your heart is clean, you see God everywhere. You see him behind the scenes, you see him in your everyday, sometimes the mundane part of life, you see God. But when your heart is clogged and your heart is full of anger or revenge or offense, You miss God. You miss His fingerprints. You miss sensing when He's close. And I just felt like the Lord wants to do like a a heart cleanse today. A real like purging of the heart. That's the second part of the sermon, so I'm giving you the end. All right, so one more prayer. Lord, we just thank you for a heart cleansing right now in Jesus' name. And I just break the power that the enemy has over people that have been offended, that are watching even now. You're actually going, or you're elbowing your spouse going, He's talking to us. So I just break the power of offense right now. One of the greatest tools the enemy uses is to stay offended, to stay hurt, to have the replay of the conversation or the circumstance over and over and over. And I break the power of that demon and say, you are going to be set free today. And you are going to forgive that person. And you are going to let them go. And you're going to allow the blood of Jesus to wash you and cleanse you right now in Jesus' name. So we just invite the blood of Jesus to cleanse our mind, to cleanse our heart so that we can be free, that, that we can now see God in every situation. We let go of all of what could have happened or what my life would have looked like if, 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 and we say nothing can stop God's plan for my life. Just like Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer who is thrown into a pit sold into slavery then put into a prison cell and then all of a sudden his corrupt evil brothers show up when he's second in command of egypt and what happens his brothers show up does joseph just go finally i get to take my revenge and kill them all no he hides his appearance ends up getting all of his brothers and his dad to come to egypt and blesses their socks off If he had anger and revenge in his heart, he would have killed him on the spot. But Joseph, during all that time away, forgave them and said, God has put me in such a time as this for power so that I can be a deliverer. Joseph saw the bigger picture that man or people or family cannot stop the plan of God on your life. Nobody can stop it. People could try, the enemy can try, but nobody can stop God's plan for your life. That's what you need to partner with, that's the truth. So when you say well only if you could just say at the end of the day god you have the final say you are supreme authority you are lord of my life and i follow you you are the one that i have surrendered and pledged my allegiance to so it doesn't matter what happened 10 15 20 years ago 20 minutes ago i choose to follow you so that means the plans and purposes of God are going to unfold in my life because the Bible says in Isaiah 55, it says, so it is with my word that goes forth. It will accomplish everything I predestined it to do. Nothing is going to stop it. No weapon formed against you will even prosper. So we have to trust God. We have to believe God. We have to know that his word is true. Are you with me?